This is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell, sitting in this week for Dr. Rick DeShazo. I'm joined by co-host Dr. Alan Harris. Each week we're here to talk to you about medical issues and topics that are important to you. This week we'll take your questions about heart health with our guest, Dr. Myrna Alexander. The number to call with your questions is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the program. Our email address is southernremedy at mpbonline.org. We're talking about your heart on Southern Remedy, and we'll be right back after the news. MPB Think Radio podcast. MPBonline.org. MPB Think Radio. And welcome back. This is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell, sitting in this week for Dr. Rick DeShazo, joined by co-host Dr. Alan Harris. We're here to take uh, questions about heart health this morning with our guest, uh, Dr. Allen. We'll introduce her in just a moment. But first, a reminder of the phone number. If you have a question for us this morning, call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to the program. It's southernremedy at mpbonline.org. Good morning, Dr. Allen. How are you doing this morning? Good morning. I'm doing well. Um, Yeah, we've got Dr. Myrna Alexander with us this morning, who is an attending physician in cardiology at the University of Mississippi, and we're very happy to have her here this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. I have a little laryngitis this morning. (laughs) That's okay. We'll make it. Use a little Southern remedy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, just as kind of a general way to get things uh, started, Dr. Alexander, uh, heart disease is more than just heart attacks. What are other some of the other kind of heart problems uh, that folks commonly have? Well, we use heart disease as a big umbrella. But um, the main causes for this country and and most of the world are myocardial infarction or heart attacks. That's when there's a blood vessel that becomes occluded and um, that part of the muscle becomes damaged. But there are also other problems with the heart. There can be a dilated cardiomyopathy where the muscle doesn't work or there can be other problems with the aorta. So if we think of the heart as the as a pump and then the blood vessels from that heart are the avenues or that take blood to and fro um throughout the the body uh the aorta is a it can be a problem as well. So some of the risk factors for heart disease can affect the heart as well as the blood vessels. So when we talk about um heart disease we're talking about not just the heart but also its vessels. This is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We have an early caller on the line, so let's welcome George into the program. Good morning, George. Go ahead, please. Good morning, Kevin, Dr. Ellen, and Dr. Marina? Myrna. Mer- I'm sorry. I apologize. That's doctor. okay. Uh, but I wanted the heart is such a special muscle. I think it's the most special muscle in the whole body. It beats on its own. It beats in unison. It's actually two pumps in one, but the little guy or gal doesn't, it grows to a certain size, and then it stops growing. So if a person should become obese, then that little heart 
has to pump through all these capillaries. And what I remember from uh, anatomy in college is that there could be thousands of miles of capillaries for that little heart to pump through. But it, it now correct me if I'm wrong, I think it may swell, but the heart doesn't compensate for its demand. Well, you know what? It actually tries to compensate for its demand, and it does a pretty good job as, uh, until uh, at a certain point. So uh, you're right. The heart is not the same size in everyone, um, and the heart would be much larger in an athlete, say, than a, than a child. So there is some compensatory mechanisms uh, for disease states as well. So it will increase in size, trying to compensate for whatever matter there may be wrong there. Um, but it is the pump that ser- that sends blood through those capillaries. But there is a compensatory mechanism, and so the muscles may thicken, um, uh, the walls may thicken to do that, to accomplish that goal. All right, uh, George, thanks for calling in this morning. You're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. If you have a a question about your heart this morning uh, for Dr. Myrna Alexander and our co-host, Dr. Alan Harris, call us at 1-877-MPB-RING. Our phone number is 877-672-7464. You can also send an email to southernremedy at mpbonline.org. So, uh, Dr. Alexander, why are heart attacks so common? Well... Throughout the years, they've become more common, and mainly because of the uh, of the risk factors. And I think about heart disease as, um, say, if we were making a cake. You can't have just one ingredient, right, if you're going to make a cake. You need multiple ingredients. So there's a, more than just one problem. Uh, but the risk factors are cigarette smoking, uh, hypertension, uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, and actually weight is sort of down the scale as far as its cause, um, the the high weight or the increase in weight that we've had over the years uh, have led to a lot of increase in diabetes. And so the, diabetes, the diabetics have an increased risk for having a heart attack. Uh, then there's the high, high cholesterol levels. You know, you eat too much fat. Well, where does it go? It goes to our, you know, our belly and, and our legs, but it also deposits in those blood vessels. So when we look at uh, even taking young, um, say, recruits from the um, service and and they died and, and we were able to look at those blood vessels, we see that there's some deposition of plaque even early on in the 20s. Um, so it's important that we start early. And I, and I think that's what we've been trying to do even with our children to start checking their cholesterols and trying to get them out exercising and decrease those risk factors. You know, is it, uh, is it somewhat unique that with heart disease, it seems like so many of those factors that you talked about are things that we really have a lot of control over ourselves. You know, if we watch our diet, if we don't smoke, we, we minimize these risks. And I, it, I'm not sure that that's really the case with, with many other diseases. Is this a little bit unique? Right. Well, no, not really, because uh, it, it's connected also. If you look at uh, even some cancers, there's some risk that you can change as well. So the only risk that you can't change with heart disease is your uh, family history. You can't change that, but you can change uh, high cholesterol, your smoking habits. Uh, but just like colon cancer uh, and also breast cancer and lung cancer, there are risk. There, there are some 
um, things that you can change to change your risk for getting these illnesses. Yeah. So, yeah. And even even if you so weight contributes to a lot of those things, if we we know and we've talked about a lot on the show that if you um, some people that have hypertension have diabetes um, on several medicines for those, if they lose weight, um, then you can actually sometimes reverse that and get off the medicines. That's not always the case. And so if you do have those conditions, there's some people at a normal weight who exercise, who eat all the right things, who still have those conditions. And that doesn't mean you're doomed to have a heart attack, it, but you do need to control those so um, well controlled how you know high blood pressure and diabetes um, are things that you can do um, one thing about the compensatory mechanism that that our first caller called about and and dr alexander was saying that the heart sometimes will thicken so that um, that's one of those silent things that's happening um, and you don't have symptoms until it's really too late to do anything about it um, so high blood pressure if you think about the the heart um, is the left side of the heart is pumping blood out the aorta to the rest of the body. So your blood pressure is the pressure in that aorta. Um, and if it's high, then your heart is having to pump against a higher pressure. And so it'll it'll actually thicken. And where, just like when you go to the gym and you lift weights and those muscles get bigger to you know push that weight, it's the same kind of thing. But in the heart, it's a bad thing. Um, and when that uh, muscle gets too thick, then it can actually make the the chamber that you have for blood to, to fill too small, and then you can end up having um, signs of congestive heart failure from that later in life. You're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. We all know how important our hearts are, so if you have a question this morning, now's a good time to call in. We've got some open phone lines. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464 or send an email. The address is southernremedy at mpbonline.org. You know, Dr. Alexander, you mentioned uh, cholesterol. I wish if you could remind us then about uh, uh, HDL and LDL and which is the good one and, and that sort of thing. I um, always remember these little uh, letters that LDL is the lousy or the, <laughs> the, the, the low density lipoproteins. Those are the ones that get deposit real quickly, okay? The high-density proteins, those are sort of the um, carriers, and so they would carry cholesterol in and out of, uh, uh, to prevent deposition. So the HDLs are the good ones, and the LDLs are the bad ones. So those are, And when you go to your doctor, just getting one number is not enough. Just getting a total cholesterol is really not enough because especially in women— we may have high HDLs, and your total may be 200, but your L, your HDL may be 100. Well, you certainly don't need any medicines for that. That's a great number. We're going to go ahead and take our first break of the hour. You're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Filling in for Dr. Rick DeShazo this week, I'm Kevin Farrell, joined by our co-host, Dr. Alan Harris, and our guest this morning, uh, Dr. Myrna Alexander. We're ready to take your questions about heart health, about cardiovascular health at our number, which is one eight seven seven mpb ring Call us at 877-672-7464, or you can send an email. The address is southernremedy at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more of the program after this break.
MPB. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. MPBonline.org. MPB Think Radio. And welcome back. You're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Filling in for Dr. Rick DeShazo this week, I'm Kevin Farrell, here with our co-host, Dr. Alan Harris. And our guest to help answer questions about your heart health is Dr. Myrna Alexander. If you have a question this morning, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is 877-672-7464. Or send an email. The address is southernremedy at mpbonline.org. And remember, when you send in an email, Dr. Rick will send you a personal response, and we also could use your email on the air. But if you don't hear it discussed on the air, rest assured that Dr. Rick will send a personal response to any email questions that we receive here at uh, Southern Remedy. Let's go to the phone lines, get some listeners involved in our program today. Starting in Mobile, Nancy has called in. Go ahead, Nancy. Yes, I am in my mid-40s, relatively healthy, weight under control, I'm a petite, small frame, 120. Uh, since I was a teenager, I've been having problems with my heart, but they have checked, and they said there's nothing wrong with my heart. Now I have children. Then they thought it was reflux. Now that is not it. Um, they've done a stress test. They've done EKGs. But every now and again, I would say about two, three times a year, um, and that it's, it's an episode that it's just every three or four months. I never know when it's going to come. But it's a pain that just dropped me to my knees, and it hurts really bad. I go to the doctor, then they said there's nothing wrong with my heart. And my husband has been in two episodes when this happens, so I don't know what to do. Okay, Um Sometimes I'm not sure if it's pain that you're feeling. Uh, sometimes patients describe pain along with palpitations uh, where the heart may flutter some. And we oftentimes, in, especially in women, they may have palpitations. Is that what you're feeling when your heart kind of flutter a little bit? The last time I was, the, the girls were playing, uh, my two little girls, and I felt a sharp pain that I just had to grab my chest and I just lower myself to the floor. And I'm a nurse myself, but, you know, I don't feel any pressure. I don't feel it coming like, oh, I'm having a heart attack. It just comes sudden, and it's just something that scares me because if I'm driving or something like that, it, it scares me. But okay. now- I have not seen a cardiologist per se. They have done everything at my doctor's office. He has sent blood work. I said, this is going to tell us whether or not you're having problems with your heart, but then I don't hear anything back. Should I just be firm and say, I would like to see a cardiologist? What what else different are they going to do? Well, they may have you had a stress test. They may do a stress test or they may uh, obtain an echocardiogram. Sometimes there are some congenital abnormalities that may be missed. Uh, You may have uh, some problems that you've had from birth even. Uh, that may have been missed that we haven't really talked about a lot here, but there's uh, some congenital abnormalities uh, such as uh, little holes in your heart. Since you're a nurse, you may have heard of these atrial septal defects, and then there's some also some arrhythmias that may present that you may feel as if you're you're having pain, but the patient's having actually having some arrhythmias. Now that's like looking for a needle in a haystack at times, and and you may not find that until later on in life. 
Yeah. But yeah, I think that uh, going to someone, what do you think, Al? Yeah, and, and an arrhythmia, a lot of times if it if it happens like if it's what you're happening quickly and then by the time you get to the hospital it's, it's resolved gone. and right. so and there's no way without having a monitor on to catch that and so that's a, another thing your card a cardiologist may do is sometimes if that's what they think's going on they may put a monitor on you for like a month um, and then it records it and so you can say I felt it at two o'clock on Saturday and they can look and see what your heart rhythm was doing at that time so I would definitely um, it doesn't sound like you're having angina which is you know, um, your heart muscle itself not getting enough blood flow, which is what causes a heart attack. But I think you do need to see a cardiologist. All right, Nancy, thanks for calling in. This is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell filling in for Dr. Rick DeShazo this week. I'm here in studio with Dr. Alan Harris and Dr. Myrna Alexander, ready to take your questions about heart health today. Call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is 877-672-7464. Let's continue with some phone calls. Randy's called in. Go ahead, Randy. Hi, Randy, are you with us? Uh, yes, I'm here. Um, I'm, good morning. Go Go ahead. Uh, I was wondering uh, if you could tell me what causes or what are some of the signs and the causes of uh, congestive heart failure. Okay. I'll hang up and take your uh, answer. Okay. Um, So congestive heart failure can be several different things. Um, And our first caller alluded to the heart is really two pumps. And and that's true. So you have the right side of your heart, which its job, it takes in the blood from your veins that is you've already used the oxygen in, and it pumps it to your lungs. And that's where it gets reoxygenated. So it can um, give your give your body oxygen again. So from the lungs, it goes to the left side of the heart and then is pumped out to the body. So congestive heart failure um, can be either your the left side of your heart isn't pumping blood effectively, which is called systolic heart failure. So you've had either maybe you've had a heart attack and so part of that heart muscle um, doesn't work like it should, or maybe you have um, just you've had a, a an infection or lots of different things. Sometimes we don't even know what that causes that muscle to not pump as well. And so blood will back up into your lungs and you can get shortness of breath, especially if you lay down flat. Um, and then you also get some, some shortness of breath. If you try to do things, maybe exercise, um, maybe people sometimes say, you know, I used to, when I, when I go down to the end of the driveway to get the newspaper, um, I, I get short of breath and I didn't used to get that. Also, what we were talking about earlier about high blood pressure for lots of years, it's not controlled. Um, the, the left side of the heart gets really thick and then you can't get, it doesn't take in as much blood. And so because of that, the blood has to back up into the lungs and it's the same kind of thing. Sometimes the right heart doesn't pump as well to the lungs. Um, so you have different symptoms in that case um, where you'll just get lots of swelling and not necessarily the shortness of breath. So it can mean lots of things. Um, and if you're having those symptoms, the most common one is like is, is being short of breath if you lay down flat at night or, or waking up in the middle of the night not able to breathe. It gets better when you stand up. Um, that's something that you should get checked out. All right. Uh, thanks for the call. Let's uh, move on. We'll go to Jackson next and uh, Metacasila on the line. What's your question for us? Uh, hi, uh, this is Dr. Suda Metacasila. I'm a psychiatrist in Jackson. You all have a very interesting topic today. But in terms of uh, risk factors for uh, heart disease, I want to bring out the, uh, the, uh, the influence of brain and its connections to the heart. 
stress plays a big role in heart attacks uh, by increasing blood pressure. Uh, we also know that um, uh, stress plays a big role in uh, in the strokes. So, as part of uh, addressing risk factors, we also need to address uh, the coping mechanisms of a person in terms of dealing with stress uh, that comes in uh, comes with anxiety, depression. Say uh, someone has lost a loved one or has lost a job or has a lot of stress in the family or with the job. All these are very uh, important factors in increasing blood pressure and the risk for heart disease or heart attack. Thank you for calling in and reminding us of that. Uh, as we um, speak to our patients, and uh, one of the problems that we probably uh, overlook at times is depression, and especially in women. They tend to have a lot more depression, or <clears throat> I'm not sure if they have more depression than men, but we do find that they're they're more symptomatic or, or uh, of depression. And so when we, um, and as you mentioned, if we ask those important questions about lifestyle changes or not wanting to do anything, um, have no desire of doing anything, those people are at risk for, and it's like a cycle. You know, they're depressed. They don't want to do anything. They gain weight. Their blood pressure's out of control. They don't really pay attention to their health. And so all of the their, uh, other factors are involved as well. And we have been um, referring a lot more patients um, to get that checked out uh, than we have in the past. And we, I think we've also been starting a lot, of, lot more antidepressants even in, in patients, especially in patients that are postoperative, may, may have had an event, may have had a myocardial infarction, or may have had uh, heart failure. And then they have to face the fact that, oh, I have heart disease. And they're not dealing with it well. And I, and I think uh, I'm, I'm glad that you called in about that. All right. Uh, thanks for the call. This is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. If you have a question this morning about heart health, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is 877-672-7464. We'll go to Memphis for our next caller. Steffi's called in. Go ahead, please. Hi, this is in regards to um, the lady who had called earlier about the random chest or heart pains that she said that she had. Um, I was calling in because I actually had grown up with some, and I still get them every so often, what seems like heart pains. But in actuality, I was diagnosed, um, and um, they, I don't remember the name of what the diagnosis, the name exactly of it was, but essentially the mus- a muscle in the chest cavity gets sucked in, and it feels as though you are having heart pains. Um, so if you were to Google uh, chest cavity muscle getting sucked in, it, you would, the, I, you'd be able to find the name for this. So that's um, a- I just, pardon me? Yeah, that's a good point. There's lots of things in the chest um, other than your heart that can be causing chest pain. And that's one of the things when somebody comes in that's a big, you know, we have to take a history first and really get them to describe it. Um, and, and you have nerves that run under your ribs. Um, and sometimes one of those nerves can get trapped. Maybe in your case, you're, you know, a muscle moves and traps one of those nerves and it can be really painful. Um, you can get some inflammation of the cartilage that attaches your ribs to your sternum, which is right in the area of your heart. Um, you can get some inflammation of the lining of your lungs. And so that can cause that's really um, a sensitive tissue. And so it can cause pain. So um 
you know, a lot of that you, you're not going to be able to sort out for yourself necessarily. And so that's why it's important to see a doctor and they can um, ask some of these questions and try to try to figure out exactly what's going on. All right, uh, Stephanie, uh, Steffi, thanks for that call. Uh, Dr. Alexander, kind of a follow up question. You know, they describe it as a sharp pain. If, if someone is having a heart attack, is that what they're feeling? What what is someone going through when when they're having a heart attack in terms of how it feels? Okay, sharp pain is a less likely um, uh, symptom of heart-related pain. Uh, usually it's a dull pain. Uh, say if you put a blood pressure cuff on your arm and, and really crank that cuff up, you feel that tightness. Well, the same thing that's happening to your heart, there's a decrease in blood flow to the muscle, and so you may feel a fullness, a, a tightness, and then some people don't even have those symptoms. They may have some nausea, vomiting, uh, with these episodes of a, of a heart attack or myocardial infarction, but sharp pain is a less likely um, symptom of heart-related pain. You're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here filling in for Dr. Rick DeShazo this week. I'm in studio with our co-host, Dr. Alan Harris, and our guest this week is Dr. Myrna Alexander, ready to take questions about your heart health at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Let's go to Starkville. Our next caller is Kirk. Go ahead, Kirk. Yes, sir. I got a quick question about cholesterol. Uh, we know LD, the low and the high density. And the question I have was if one of those is bad for you and you can identify and quantify it, why can't we take it out of the bloodstream like we do kidney dialysis or chemical chelation or some? some something to get rid of it okay well you know that's a that's a good point it's something that's made continuously um it's it's all it's something we take in from our food but it's also made by the body and it's a continuous thing so um you know there is something there's there's certain things that happen it's mainly with triglycerides where people will get very very high levels um that occasionally it does require something like that where um plasmapheresis where you take the blood out and spin it out and put it back in but that's a pretty um you know invasive major major procedure to happen and so that's not you know it's not feasible for or, or or would be, you know, help the risk of that wouldn't be wouldn't be worth the benefit. And we have really good medicines for for cholesterol. So there's there's other ways to that, control yeah. it. That has been done in the past, and it didn't seem to be feasible to do. But now, remember, the cholesterol is a major uh, substance in the body that we need as well. We get our hormones from uh, they're the backbone for making. Uh, uh, our hormones uh, in our bodies. So we don't want to get rid of all of it. We want to get rid of what's overproduced or what we consume and it's deposited extra. So we got to put a stop to what we are consuming. All right, Kirk, a good call. Thanks for calling in this morning. This is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell filling in for Dr. Rick DeShazo this week with uh, co-host Dr. Alan Harris, and our guest is Dr. Myrna Alexander. We'll take more questions about your heart health coming up after the break. an MPB Think Radio podcast. mpbonline.org. MPB Think Radio.
And welcome back to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm filling in uh, for Dr. Rick DeShazo this week. I'm Kevin Farrell, and I'm here with our co-host, Dr. Alan Harris. And our guest this week in studio is Dr. Myrna Alexander. We're taking questions about cardiovascular health this morning, uh, troubles with your heart. Call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464. A reminder of our email address, it's southernremedy at mpbonline.org. Back to the phone lines we go. We'll go first to Kosciuszko. May has called in. Go ahead, please. Hi, Dr. Alexander. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. My question has to do with um, I'm always afraid of an aneurysm because of what I've been having in the past year or so. It's a slow, kind of a dull ache that goes through the uh, the top part of my head, like the center, and it comes right down my earlobe. Then the pain goes into my, uh, like in my chest, and it's just uh, almost debilitating. I just sit down quietly and just until it leaves. Um, I have had, I do, I am hypertensive. I take high blood pressure medication. Uh, Cholesterol, high cholesterol runs in my family, but I keep mine under control. So I'm just very concerned about those pains that come periodically. It's not like every week or every month, but it'll come suddenly when I least expect it. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, if I think you're worried about an aneurysm. So an aneurysm in the brain, an aneurysm is where your a blood vessel, an artery, has like a little bulge out, and then the wall becomes weakened, and that's um, a if it ruptures, um, then it can be devastating. Um, one of the the main signs that we worry about an aneurysm rupture is it's the worst headache you've ever had, and it's sudden, and it's something that doesn't go away. Um, so if you if you have that, like all of a sudden, the worst headache ever, you know, and it's not going away, then that's something you need to to go to the emergency room with. Right then, um, as far as this coming and going pain, it's you know it's hard to say over the radio without seeing you, without doing an exam, getting more more history, what that is exactly. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like it's that, but anytime you have, especially as an adult, um, uh, new headaches or a change in headaches, um, then it's something that you know you need to get medical attention. It's not an emergency, but it's something you should talk to your doctor about. All right, uh, let's move on here on Southern Remedy. Looking for your calls this morning on heart health issues? Call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That phone number is 877-672-7464. George, you're up next. What do you have for us today? Uh, I've just uh, I've been hearing on the radio here lately about, a, about the uh, bacteria in your intestines. Is there something about they can take a blood test and see if you risk for heart attacks or anything like that, I'll take my answer off there. All right. Uh, George, has uh, either of you heard about anything? Uh... Well, there are bacteria in your intestines, um, and it's normal to have it there. And that's actually some of the, like, the yogurts that, you know, Activia and those others um, that that have bacteria for colon health. So you want those those bacteria to stay, um, you know, in a normal ratio. As far as... I don't know of anything to link that to heart attacks, Dr. Alexander. Well, actually, um, there has been an increase in heart disease in people that have dental disease. uh, And so there has been some thought that there may be a bacteria, although we haven't 
um, really found that bacteria that would link it to the, remember earlier I talked about the heart disease being like a cake. So we haven't found uh, or making a cake, that one thing that would contribute. But we do know that if you have poor dental hygiene, that your risk for having heart disease is higher. And so that, that makes us think that maybe there's an infection or inflammatory uh, part of developing um, heart disease. Or when we say heart disease here, we're talking about the blood vessels. But you understand that we're talking about a big umbrella of causes. Um, but yeah, there, there is, it's not proven yet, but there's been some thought of uh, some inflammatory or infectious cause. Let's uh, move on. Uh, next, we'll go to Daphne, Alabama. Betty has called in today. Go ahead, Betty. Yes, good morning. morning. I went through the same kind of uh, sharp chest pain that the uh, earlier caller had. I was diagnosed with a diaphragmatic hernia, and I can appreciate her situation. It's something that would catch you in mid-breath and you couldn't inhale anymore. Uh, fortunately, I seem to have grown out of it, but um, that was my diagnosis, and it sounds a lot like what she's going through. Yeah, when we're talking about chest pain, most people think of the heart, but remember now, there are other organs in the heart, and we're seeing a lot of people with hiatal hernias, and maybe the young lady, she was talking about in, entrapment syndrome. Sometimes there can be in uh, the sternum or, or that your breastbone, if you're born with it, sort of caved in a little bit. Sometimes it can compress the heart some, and you can get some chest pain from that as well. But remember, there are other causes of, of um, chest pain other than heart disease. So we're talking about could come from your esophagus, um, your lungs, your pericardium. That's the sac around the heart. You can have inflammation in that. So um, just chest pain on by itself doesn't equate to a heart attack. You have to have other symptoms with it. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, symptoms of a heart attack are usually that chest fullness or burning more so than the chest, that the sharp pain that you had. Yeah, and and another another critical thing that could be wrong, it, that chest pain could be a sign of, that could be in a, a medical emergency would be um, your aorta um, dissecting. So that's, your aorta comes off the heart and it runs down the, you know, the back wall of your, of your chest cavity down into your abdomen before it splits and goes down into your legs. Um, and so... That aorta is made up of layers, and if one of those layers tears and blood tracks down um, in between the layers, that's called an aortic dissection. Um, and if, if it ruptures all the way, if the outside layers rupture, then it's fatal very quickly unless you're somewhere where you can get in an operating room in a hurry. Um, so that pain is usually described as like a tearing pain, a tearing sensation. It's very painful. And your aorta runs right down by your spine, so it's more in the back. Um, but, it, but you know, every, every instance isn't classic. And so if you're having, you know, severe chest pain that's new that, you know, that you've never had before, then that's also something that could be wrong that would be an emergency. Uh, Dr. Alexander, you talked about that fullness you feel if if you're experiencing a heart attack. I've also heard that the there's pain in in your arm, and is that the case? And if so, is it either the left or the right arm, or could it be either? It could be either. Uh, they when it was initially described a hundred years ago, 
uh, you know, the pain was in the center of the chest, radiating down the left arm, but it can be in both arms. Or you can have no pain in the chest. Pain can just be in the back. I mean, I've had uh, some of my anginal patients, and they say, this is just what I had when I had that angioplasty, and it's pain when I walk, but it's in the center of my back. Uh, and we tend to, we women tend to have more atypical pain, but women still do have chest discomfort. Uh, but yeah, it could go up your neck. I've had patients come in, they're having jaw pain, and they think that it's because of a tooth problem. Well, but all of these, there's got to be some symptoms along with, say, exercise. Um, so if they're having some jaw discomfort that stops when they when they stop exercising, that may be a sign of angina, which is different from a myocardial infarction, an acute problem. But uh, what what's the advice then for someone? And you know, I remember there's a famous story of uh, ex-football coach Mike Ditka had a heart attack while he was working out, but he, I think, felt it was something like uh, uh, heartburn or something like that, so he basically sort of ignored it. Uh, when you get pains in your chest or that sort of thing? Is it a good idea to, to be on the safe side and, and have it checked out as opposed to just like, uh, it'll go away? No, you need to get it checked out. Remember 911 uh, call and, um, and, and and if it's a false, then it's, it's okay. But if it's something real, the faster you get to the emergency room, the faster we can work. And now the, nowadays we um, open those blood vessels within 90 minutes of you getting there and even less. And we're pretty competitive about trying to get that blood vessel open because the quicker you get it open, the more likely your muscle, and that's what we're trying to do, save that muscle, save your heart, the quicker we can get blood flow to the muscle. This is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell sitting in this week for Dr. Rick DeShazo. We're taking your questions on heart health this morning. Let's go next to Biloxi. Gail has called in. Go ahead, Gail. Hi. I had a question about uh, pulse rates or heart rates. Uh, I'm in my mid-60s. I've always had a relatively low pulse rate, like between 60 and 70, But um, and I'm not an athlete, moderately active, but not an athlete. But lately my pulse rate has been running between, say, 43 and 53, and I'm wondering if that's something to be concerned about. Well, first thing we ask is what medications are you taking? Are you none. taking none? You're not taking any medication. Well, and my, uh, you know, my uh, cholesterol is normal. My weight's normal. Um, you know. Okay. And and you're not taking anything. Nothing at all. Okay. Um, well, now with I, I do take some vitamins. I'm sorry. You okay. Know, multivitamin, that kind of thing, but no, no prescription medications. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> over time, um, the heart is sort of like a a, a, a clock. Uh, there's a little mechanism in our hearts that tell the heart to beat. And they're called sinus node and the AV node. That's the electrical part of the heart. Now, with time, that can kind of drift down, uh, and it may be years before you need anything. But uh, when your heart rate is gone from six in sixty to seventy, we I wished I had a heart rate that was resting at fifty. I mean, that would signify, um, you know, maybe uh, that you are in shape. But I understand if you're not a, a previous athlete and it's going down into the forties. You may have conduction disease, but you may not need anything now. And what I mean by need anything, eventually you might, and you probably just need to go see your doctor, you may need a, a pacemaker maybe 10, 15 years from now. But um, those little mechanisms in the heart, those are the pacemakers of the heart, and they can degenerate um, with time. 
All right, Gail, we appreciate that call. You're listening to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Filling in for Dr. Rick DeShazo this week, I'm Kevin Farrell, joined by co-host Dr. Alan Harris, and our guest this week is Dr. Myrna Alexander. We're taking your questions about heart health. Give us a call if you have one ready to go at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 877 672-7464 or you can send an email to the program it's southernremedy at mpbonline.org we'll be back right after this break Welcome back to Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell filling in this week for Dr. Rick DeShazo, and I'm joined by our co-host, Dr. Alan Harris. And our guest this week is Dr. Myrna Alexander. We've been taking questions about your heart uh, at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 You can send an email to southernremedy at mpbonline.org. We had a caller, Roddy, who called in, said about a year ago he had a heart attack. He's a diabetic and has uh, a high levels of LDL and was wondering if that's uh, something to be concerned about. Absolutely. Um, so LDL, again, is the bad cholesterol, and that's something that needs to be controlled in anybody. Um, your, your goal, your target level does change depending on your risk factors. And so if you have no risk factors, um, and risk factors would be things like high blood pressure, um, cigarette smoking, family history, and then things, diabetes is a huge one, or if you've ever had a heart attack or a stroke. Um, And so if you don't have any of those risk factors, then a level of 160 is fine. You don't need any medicines. If you have one or two maybe risk factors, then 130. Um, But if if you have more than that, or even if you don't have those others and you have have had a stroke or a heart attack or you're diabetic, then your level needs to be less than 100 and maybe less than 70. Um, And so you need to be on uh, medication. Statins are are the best thing to use if you can tolerate them. Um, And so if you've had a heart attack before, then if you could get your, your LDL less than 70, that would be ideal. All right. And uh, Dr. Alexander, kind of as a follow-up, we talked earlier about the need to to monitor cholesterol to have it checked. How early do you think it's important? You know, what age uh, should kids have their cholesterol checked? You know, I've asked pediatricians about this, and some of them are checking even early as 12 years old. So if that child is overweight or if there's been a family history of heart disease or hyperlipidemia, then you may want to start that early. But we uh, definitely, in in the adult world, at 18 and above, you should have your cholesterol checked. Yeah, that's something, Kevin, we actually had a pediatric topic last week and something that um, came up. And the Academy of Pediatrics has just released something um, suggesting that kids have it checked between 9 and 11 and then again towards the end of their teenage years. All right. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. We'll go to David, who's called in today. Go ahead, David. How are you doing this morning? Good. Okay, uh, my son is 18 years old. Um, 
he actually has been having so many symptoms. I'm, I'm quite worried about him. He's been complaining a lot with a. Uh, well, first of all, we took him to the hospital at one point. He had severe chest pains, uh, so bad that he was in tears. We took him to the hospital, and they checked him, said there was nothing wrong with his heart, but he, his blood pressure has been running stage 1 hypertension and even a little higher for at least a year now, and he complains a lot with uh, chest pains and pain in the middle of his back. He also complains a lot with heartburn. He is fatigued, uh, has no drive whatsoever, just can't seem to get up and do anything. Um, and, you know, 18 years old, I'm just very concerned about it. I, I, I took him to the doctor a couple of times, and basically they've said, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. But I'm just very concerned with it. Yeah, that's not um... – you know, that's certainly not normal for an 18-year-old boy, and especially, you know, and the fact that you say he doesn't have any energy makes me think something different than the heart, but maybe something systemic is going on, and he definitely needs a full workup. Um, and if you're not getting what you think you need, then ask for a referral to a specialist. Um, and if you're not getting that, then you can always call the university um, and get him, you know, get him in. But um you know, you could start with a cardiologist or or see an internist would probably be a good place to start. Um, an adult um, internal medicine doctor um, would, would be a good place to start to sort through that. Um, and I would get. Yeah, I think a complete physical would, it would be the first line of treatment for him. Um, I mean, you go to the emergency room just to make sure that there's nothing dramatic occurring. But the emergency room is really for emergencies. And then after that, you go to find out what else may be. They, they're not going to be able to, to do all the testing or to, to sit down and, and ask all the questions that need to be asked to find uh, find out the problems. Uh, medicine is sort of like, a, um, you know, trying a detective work. And so when when we're asking all these questions, that um, the, the reason that we're asking them because they go along with certain disease states. All right, uh, David, thank you for your call. This is Southern Remedy on MPB Think Radio. Let's uh, go next to Kitty, who's called in today. What do you have for us, Kitty? Well, I have an aortic aneurysm that measures 3.8 centimeters. Um, I'm in pretty good shape. I am 78 but I am quite athletic, and I have been seeing a cardiologist. And um, I'm wondering about the possibility of operation. My husband actually died of a abdominal um, aneurysm. I also had something called Takotsuba about eight years ago, uh, which is a kind of myo, whatever you call him, myocarditis. Infarction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my blood pressure is a bit high, but seems to be under control. The cholesterol is okay. Well, that's about all I can say. Okay. So I'm just... Yeah. All right. So um, an aneurysm we talked about earlier um, is in is where your artery pouches out. So your aorta runs all the way down through your abdomen, and you can have an aneurysm at any point in that. Um the size you mentioned, that's important to know um, for your doctor to know. And so it's not recommended that you have surgery on these on these aneurysms unless they get over five and a half centimeters um, or if they're rapidly growing. Um, and so your doctor should be monitoring that. Um, <clears throat> as far as the Takotsubos, Takotsubos, it's the it's a. Um, 
where your your heart can mimic. You can have symptoms and it can mimic um, a heart attack, but it's not actually a problem in the blood vessel. Um, it's often caused by extreme stress, sometimes like the death of a loved one. Um, and you can you can have it can look like a heart attack on your EKG even, but then when you have a when they actually do the cath and look at your blood vessels, it's not, and that usually resolves. Right. Did yours resolve? aneurysm more than anything else oh you're worried about the aneurysm yeah I yeah think- like she said it, it's it's not that big um depends upon your size uh, <clears throat> uh most i mean even anybody with 3.8 we don't really worry about it we do want you to be uh taking prevention so all the risk factors that we talked about earlier uh because that blood vessel uh can um start enlarging so you need to make sure your blood pressure is under control your cholesterol is under control but 3.8 i mean he's doing your doctor is he she is doing the right thing by just following it all right uh, kitty thanks for that call we've got about a minute and a half left i think time for one final call debbie's called in from hattiesburg debbie if you could be brief we're running out of time yes thank you my question is quick occasionally i can hear my heartbeat in my right ear and I'd asked my doctor about that, and he gave me an explanation I, I didn't quite understand, and he didn't seem concerned. But could you explain that to me, please? Um, we often, uh, especially as we all age, uh, how old are you? Uh, almost 60. Okay. So uh, we often hear people say that, especially if they lie down on one side, that they can hear. Now, the pulse is everywhere, not just from your heart, but your blood vessels are everywhere. So if you're... Uh, you may hear that pulse because the the arteries are are even near your ears, or so you may hear your pulse there too. Um, but <clears throat> I think following up with your doctor, if it becomes a problem where it feels like it's getting too fast or too slow, that's where you need to be concerned. But just hearing it doesn't mean that there's a problem. I just want to, uh, there was one caller that called about her heart rate being slow. Sometimes other illnesses like thyroid, hypothyroidism can cause your heart rate to be slow as well. So that's, that's something that we check routinely in patients that run a low heart rate. All right. Uh, that will wrap us up for today. Thanks for listening to Southern Remedy. It's a production of MPB Think Radio. Financial support comes from generous listeners like you and an unrestricted grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center. The executive producer of Southern Remedy is Jenny Wilburn, and Sharita Brent screens the phone calls. So for Dr. Alan Harris and our guest, Dr. Myrna Alexander, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to tune in to Southern Remedy again next week. It'll be an open topic day. See you then.